Keith Boy was on the Venture Stories podcast, and he was asked, uh, what is your advice for founders who don't have an idea yet? And his response was, I don't like that kind of founder. As a general matter, I like people who have a, have a very specific idea that they want to pursue, an idea that keeps them up at night, an idea that they cannot stop proselytizing. Uh, so we've seen examples of this in the last few weeks on Founders Podcast with uh, Enzo Ferrari, who was he definitely had an, a very specific idea that kept him up at night, and I would say also Carol Shelby as well. Uh, Keith says, the general filter I use for startups, meaning the ones he wants to invest in, is the more ambitious, the better. Um, to that end, he says, I want half of my VC friends to laugh at the investments I make. If half do not laugh, it means I am not taking enough risk. Uh, this is a really interesting idea he had. He, had uh, he says, as your value proposition becomes more succinct and more powerful, sales velocity increases. Long sales cycles are a function of a poor value proposition. Um, he says, I am not the sober analysis founder type. I am more of the the world should be different, and I'm going to will it into existence type. Uh, founders that say, I don't like X, I'm going to go fix X. Uh, he said this, I've heard him um, use this, the analogy of a startup as a movie before, and I really like that idea, so I just want to uh, bring it to your attention again. He says, to me, a startup is a movie. You write the script, you cast the actors, you produce, which means you finance it, then you make the trailer. That is how you market it, and then you sell tickets. Uh, this is something I've noticed reading a bunch of biographies on entrepreneurs is that usually, like, even if you start with co-founders, there's really one main founder, um, which kind of conflicts with a lot of advice that people give you that you should have co-founders. He says, he says, ultimately, with very few exceptions, there is one real founder who is, drive, who is the driving CEO, even if there are other co-founders. Someone needs to assume the mantle of responsibility. He talks about that he had the idea for the startup he did, Open Door, for several years, and um, he got some advice. The, the first time he, he pitched it to Peter Thiel, um, Peter's like, this is the most boring idea ever. Then he came back a few days later. He says, hey, instead of putting prices on houses, why don't we buy them? And Peter's like, oh, that's a lot better idea. And so this is Peter Thiel on the idea for Open Door, the advice he gave Keith. He says, the idea, the, the idea had to be differentiated enough that it would immediately cut through the clutter. It shouldn't be boring. It should be so different that you have a shot at making it work. So that's just good advice for all of us. Um, he says, uh, this is really interesting. He talks about uh, opportunities where he thinks like you could build, where is there like a, a huge problem to be solved and not enough people trying to start companies that solve that problem. And he came up with the, the idea of homeschooling. He says, I've been trying to find companies to fund in homeschooling. Homeschooling has been under the radar for the last 30 years. Roughly 10% of Americans are homeschooled these days. That's actually a giant number if you think about it. The evidence of their performance, both academically and socially, is much better than anything else they can do. That's actually something I heard that was counterintuitive at the time, that, that the people that score highest are not the people in quote-unquote best, uh, like say high schools in America, it's actually people that are homeschooled. And they're actually able to, to, to learn at a faster rate, which I found interesting. Uh, so he says, uh, but, but it is real friction, meaning to homeschool your kids, for the parents. So we could build products that make things easier. No one has done it yet. So he, he sees a giant opportunity uh, there. Um, oh, this is very interesting. Uh, he says, people who are experts tend to know what you can't do very well. They have mastered the rules. They typically don't eno uh, ask enough why questions. Why can't this be done this way, for example? So I like people who kind of don't know what they're tackling, but are fast learners. So we see this a lot where it's like, how did this person build this really successful company in a field that he really didn't know he wasn't an expert in? 
So when I heard Keith say that, it reminded me of one of my favorite ideas that I, that I came across when I read the autobiography of Henry Ford. And let me just read, the, let me read this quote to you that comes from Henry Ford's biography. He says, That is the way with wise people. They are so wise and practical that they already know to a dot just why something cannot be done. They always know the limitations. That is why I never employ an expert in full bloom. If I ever wanted to kill opposition by unfair means, I would endow the opposition with experts. They would have so much good advice that I could be sure that they would do very little work. Uh, something he was telling, he was saying, Keith was saying that um, he was he- hesitating about um, funding a person. He thought that person was extraordinary. He thought it was a good market opportunity, but for some reason he didn't want to pull the trigger. And then his colleague, who's kind of like a, I guess Keith is like a mentor for him. He said, like, one thing I learned from you says, if you find an, if you find an extraordinary founder with a big market opportunity, don't ask any questions because you will make a mistake. Just give them a term sheet. So he had somebody remind him of that, and then he wound up following his own advice. And then finally, he, say, he recommends, uh, the fun, he says, the fundamental book about how to build a company is The Score Takes Care of Itself by Bill Walsh. 